You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Rootlock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. In Season 2 of Rootlock Radio, we will be diving deeper into some particular topics related to tarot philosophy, specific tarot spreads, tarot reading skills, and all while considering tarot as a therapeutic tool that can benefit your mental and emotional well-being. If you're new to the podcast or new to tarot, you may want to go back and listen to season one, which is episodes one through 16. Those episodes provide a structured and comprehensive course in tarot that will teach you about the philosophy underlying the tarot, consider the meaning of each and every card, and offer a map for how to conduct a tarot reading. I've also just released a 48-page PDF companion guidebook to season one that you can purchase for $20 and download on my website, rootlocktarot.com. I am so excited to be back, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. Today's episode, I'm going to focus on how to formulate questions when you're going to do a tarot reading for yourself or someone else. I've got some particular ways of thinking about this, and I'll try to outline some of my considerations of how to formulate questions. Now, a good gauge of how well you're formulating your questions is how you feel after the reading. Because in my view, A tarot reading should help you to feel better about whatever it is you're reading for. So if you find yourself feeling more anxious, nervous, worried, depressed, anything like that after a tarot reading, then you might want to go back and look at the way that you're asking the question of the reading. So this does not mean, you know, that your reading should be all positive or sugar-coated, The idea that you feel better does not mean that you're avoiding or ignoring the more difficult parts of a situation, but the reading should be giving you some sort of guidance to move forward, and that should help you to feel a little bit better about what to do in the situation, even if it is a tough situation. Now there are a couple types of readings that are pretty common that I really suggest that you avoid. And these are mind reading and forecasting or fortune telling. So mind reading is when you do a reading to help you to figure out what someone else is thinking. Now, a lot of tarot readers say this is just unethical and that they won't read about someone else and what they're thinking. But I think it's kind of actually impossible or at least really murky and problematic. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. And then forecasting or fortune telling is trying to predict what will happen in the future. So I know uh, you might be thinking, if I can't do mind reading or forecasting or fortune telling, what's the point of doing a tarot reading, right? Like, why would I 
want to use tarot if I can't tell what other people are thinking and I can't tell what's going to happen in the future. Well, the problem with this is that tarot, in my view, is not going to tell you anything that you don't on some level already know. So asking it to tell you what's going to happen in the future or what someone else is thinking when they haven't told you what they're thinking are two things that you probably don't actually really know. And the other problem with this is that these types of questions are really just sort of templates for you to project your biggest fears or deepest hopes onto, and they're most likely to kind of just fall in that fear or hope camp and not really give you any real helpful guidance of how to move forward in a way that you haven't already tried or you're not already thinking about. So again, this idea is that, in my view, tarot is not going to tell you something that you don't, on some level, already know, right? And again, that question, why would I want to do a tarot reading if it's not going to help me figure out something that I don't already know? Now, the subtle distinction here is that what, what tarot can do is offer a tool for reflection. And what this helps us with is to figure something out and get some clarity, right? So we all contain multitudes around anything, most likely, that we would be doing a tarot reading about. And what I mean by this is that we have a lot of conflicting desires and drives, so we might want a couple of different things at the same time, or we might be considering other what other people want or what other people are hoping for, and that might be something that's that's influ influencing the way we're thinking about it. We also might have fears and anxieties that inhibit us or turn us away from the things that we're hoping for. And we might have emotional triggers from the past that are coming up and getting in the way or making us see the situation in a certain way. And overall, we have this evolutionary uh, wiring to have a negativity bias. And what I mean by this is that we're more driven to avoid our fears than to pursue our dreams. And this is for survival, right? Uh, when humans were evolving to the state that they're in now, it was in our better interest to first make sure that we're safe and stable and that we're staying away from the things that we're afraid of that might hurt us or kill us or whatever. And that's more important than us really pursuing the things that are going to make us most happy. And that's a kind of a sad reality, right? But it's true, and it's something that we can consider when we're working with tarot. And tarot can actually help us to look past and parse out all of these conflicting desires and multitudes of things that are going on inside of us, and to find some clarity and a way forward that might actually focus on our hopes and dreams more than we would if we didn't use the tarot. So let's, let's think of an example. So let's say that you uh, just did your first paid professional tarot reading for someone, and it went okay, but you're finding yourself feeling really anxious afterwards, and you're playing all the things over in your mind that you might have said that sounded weird or dumb or not helpful or everything that you think that you did wrong. Again, there's the negativity bias, right? You're focusing on all the bad things, all the potential mistakes that you made more than you would be focusing on all the things that you did well. It's just the way we're wired. So one type of question that you might want to do in this situation 
for yourself is a mind reading question, right? You might be tempted to think, all right, I'm going to draw a card and figure out what the person I did the reading for thought of me. So you do that and you draw the Nine of Swords, right? And you look at the Nine of Swords and you see the person sitting up in bed with their head in their hands and all the swords on the wall. And you think, oh no, this person saw me as a total anxious mess. Does that make you feel better? No. Again, the gauge is how do you feel after the reading? Do you feel like you have some more clarity, some more guidance? In this case, probably not, right? You might feel worse and more anxious uh, if you think that this person saw you that way. And you might even lose some confidence and give up on being a professional tarot reader. So another question, again in the same situation that you might be tempted to ask, is a fortune-telling or forecasting question. And this is a question like, what is the future of my tarot business? Right? So you're in this situation, you just did your first tarot reading professionally, you're feeling kind of anxious, and you want to know what the future of your tarot business is. And you draw the Nine of Swords, same card. And you see that person sitting up in bed with their head in the hands and the, the swords on the wall, and you think, ugh. This is going to be a huge headache, it's going to keep me up at night, it's just going to be more trouble than it's worth. Do you feel better? No. You lose confidence, and you might not pursue your dream at all. And again, both of these types of questions are becoming templates for you to project your fears onto, right? You're already in this place where you're feeling really anxious, and you think you might have done a bad job at the tarot reading, you're not sure, and... So you're creating these questions, what did the other person think, or what's the future of my tarot business going to be? You're creating these questions that, that really just attract those fears, right? And it's hard to have that clarity for yourself of seeing past the fear and trying to understand how to move forward in a good way. So how do you formulate a question in a tarot reading? There are two simple things that I suggest that you focus on. The first is focusing on yourself, right? Instead of someone else or something outside of you, you focus on yourself, right? Because you're looking for guidance. And then that's the other thing is you're focusing on seeking guidance to move forward effectively, right? So if you ask a question, it should be about you and about how to move forward effectively. So one way that you could do this in this situation that we are using as an example is you might think, I'm feeling anxious about the tarot reading I just did and what the person I read for thought about me and thought about the reading. Again, you're, you're acknowledging that. I'm kind of worried about what's going to happen in the future with my tarot business. I'm just not sure right now after this reading that I want to move forward. So I'm going to ask, what do I need to consider to help myself be more confident and skilled in tarot readings moving forward? right? You're focusing on yourself, and you're focusing on seeking guidance to move forward effectively. And again, you draw the Nine of Swords, right? Here, you're thinking, okay, it's confirming that I'm anxious. You see this person who's very anxious on the card, right? And you think to yourself, okay, that's very validating, because I'm seeing how I'm feeling in this card. So, right, it, it, that might not make you feel great and happy and like everything's perfect, but it at least acknowledges something that you're already feeling. And then you might want to kind of work through this a little bit, right? So the number nine corresponds with the major arcana card, the hermit, right? And the hermit's always asking us to turn inward. Hmm, 
Okay. And then the swords, the suit of swords corresponds with our thoughts, right? So again, we're kind of thinking, okay, I need to turn inward and look at my thoughts. So what does that mean? Well, this anxiety is, is real, right? And it's something you're really experiencing. But you're probably going to want to want to kind of turn inward and spend some time exploring that anxiety and understanding where it's coming from. And something I want to note about this particular card is we're not really seeing anything about your lack of skill, right? As a tarot reader. So there's nothing in this card that says that you did a bad job or that you don't know what you're doing. It's more kind of focusing on, hmm, you're struggling with your anxiety. You're struggling with yourself right now. So how do you turn inward? Well, remember that the tarot is always inviting us to seek balance and integration. So particularly if we draw a card in one of the four minor arcana suits, we might want to think about the opposing suit in order to give us a little bit of suggestion of how to, how to find that balance, right? So in this case, the opposing suit is the pentacles. And the pentacles is all about grounding, and structure and stability. So we might want to start looking at maybe some grounding exercises, some ways for us to feel grounded, uh, feeling our feet on the floor, breathing, really focusing on feeling the, the seat beneath us or the fabric on our pants, just these ways of really kind of bringing us back to a grounded state. And we also might want to kind of consider making some structure, right? around our tarot business. So whether that means we spend a certain amount of time every week studying or we create kind of a more structured way of doing our readings, there's some suggestion, right, in this swords card that a way for us to overcome that anxiety is to look for grounding and stability and structure. And that's much better than the previous ones, right? Because it gives us a lot of places to go and a lot of ways to help ourselves move forward and not give up on this dream of being a tarot reader. If you'd like to support Rudelock Radio, consider making a pledge to my Patreon page. A monthly donation of $5 or more will get you access to supplementary materials to future episodes, as well as a private online discussion forum where tarot lovers, including myself, will discuss various topics, answer each other's questions, and create a discussion that helps shape future episodes of the podcast. You can join that by going to patreon.com rootlockradio or by following the link on my website. You may remember earlier in this episode, I said that one place to look to understand if your tarot reading is helpful or not is whether or not it lowers your anxiety. So in the interest of linking tarot to concepts in psychotherapy, I'm going to spend a little bit of time thinking about anxiety and particularly how it relates to the concept of cognitive distortions, which comes from cognitive behavioral therapy. Now, cognitive distortions are particular ways of thinking that tend to result in anxiety or defensiveness, and they don't really do that much to help us out. So 
If you find that your question is rooted in a cognitive distortion, or that the answer comes with this particular type of thinking, that's a good indicator that you might be off track. So let's take a look at what some of these cognitive distortions are. Uh, but first I want to say that basically this is just a distorted way of thinking. And what that means is that your thoughts are skewed in some way that make it so that you're likely to be more anxious or not see something clearly for what it is. And the, the idea in CBT therapy is that you identify these particular ways of thinking and then you challenge them and replace them with more realistic ways of thinking. So in a way, we want tarot to be a tool that helps us to do this rather than further skewing our thoughts. So if we look at those two examples that I went through at the beginning of this episode, which were mind reading and forecasting or fortune telling, these are two ways that we might be able to exaggerate our fears or our hopes, and it wouldn't necessarily help us to see things more realistically. So if we create a tarot spread or a tarot question around mind reading or fortune telling, we're likely to just further skew our thinking. Another cognitive distortion is all or nothing thinking. And one way that we might bring this into tarot is to ask a yes or no question. And I typically ask people to steer away from yes or no questions because they are so closed off and they don't really help us to get a balanced or expansive or multifaceted view of whatever situation we're looking at. Another cognitive distortion is catastrophizing. And this is when we expect the worst to happen. So you really want to think if you're creating a tarot question that might put you at risk of catastrophizing, which a fortune telling or forecasting question might do. It might put us in, into a state of mind where we're thinking about the worst thing that could possibly happen. Another one is self or other blaming. So if you find yourself blaming yourself or really blaming someone else for something, then you might want to go back and, and rethink the way that you're framing your question. And a few other ones are magnifying the negative or filtering out the positive, uh, which is something that we saw in the above example as well, where we didn't really pay attention to maybe some of the positive signals that the person gave us in the tarot reading, but really just focused on the negative. Some other red flags that you want to look out for when you're doing a tarot reading is if the question or answer is really one-dimensional or binary. So again, yes or no questions could be an example of this, um, but really if, if you're painting out something to be completely good or completely bad, that's also a, maybe a flag that you want to, to be looking at something in a more nuanced way. If the question or the answer is static, this could be another red flag where it seems like there's no change possible. Tarot's always guiding us towards the places that we have agency and that we can help make change in a situation. Going along with this, if the question or answer takes away your agency or ability to make a change, then this is also a problem. And another one is if you feel more confused than you did before you did the reading. This could be a time for you to reassess your question. That said, that might not be the case. This one can be a little bit tricky because sometimes it can be hard for us to really see the message. So 
With this one, I would say if you're finding yourself really confused about a reading, maybe take some time to really look at the cards, explore the possible meanings, think about the number, any archetypes, any elements, the suits, any other cards you might be able to link to it based on the number or element, or you may just want to walk away and come back or do some journaling. So sometimes confusion after a tarot reading does not necessarily mean that the question was bad or that you, you did something wrong, but it might mean you need a little bit more time to reflect. So the takeaway here is just to remember that you should feel like you're getting some clarity, guidance, and direction of how to move forward when you go to do a tarot reading. And if you're not finding that happening, then one place you really want to look is how you're framing your question. Because the way you frame your question also creates the way that you frame your answer. And if you are falling into any of these traps, you might be putting yourself at risk of creating a tarot reading that's really just going to make you feel worse. So I hope this is helpful, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I will look forward to talking to you all next week. Rootlock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It's written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. To support Rootlock Radio, please join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash rootlockradio. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio.